or what is in control? That's a question that humans ask on a regular basis. Your answer to the question really shapes the way you see the world, yourself, people around you. And whether you ever wrestle with that question intellectually, on a practical level, your daily life is your personal answer to that question. Welcome to First 15, where we listen to God and respond to His Word in a personal way. I'm Ron, and I'll be your guide on this journey. All of us are followers here, learning to follow and listen to God, to meditate on His Word, and then pray it back in response to Him. If you're new here, I invite you to follow us on your favorite podcast provider. You're in the right place to keep growing your faith. In Season 3, we're praying through the Psalms, both some of our favorites as well as some that are lesser known or harder to pray. We are in Book 4 of the Psalms, and we've listened to the first two Psalms in that collection, Psalms 90 and 91. I look around today, and I hear people questioning a lot of things our assumptions about public health, our political leaders, our education system, our economy, our assumptions about race and personal biases. With so much being questioned, it's natural to ask more wide-ranging questions about our beliefs, our biases, our values, and maybe the very nature of what we call reality. Who or what really is in control. Even if that question never enters your mind, you're going to make daily decisions about how should I live my life? And that's going to come from your values. The intent of our podcast is to apply the truth of God's message beyond the first 15 minutes to the rest of your life. We follow a four-step process and you can find details at wordofprayer.com. We're jumping into the deep end of the pool right from the beginning in this episode of First 15. We're engaging with these big questions because the times we live in seem to push them on us. We also have a clear answer from Scripture in Psalm 93. It is one of the shorter Psalms in just five verses, 45 words in Hebrew, in fact. It lays out an entire worldview. So can you state right now your personal worldview in 50 words or less? It's a big challenge. Let's listen right now to Psalm 93. Yahweh reigns. He is clothed with majesty. Yahweh is clothed with strength. He has girded himself. Surely the world is established and it cannot be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are everlasting. The waters have lifted up, Yahweh. The waters have lifted up their voice. The waters have lifted up their crashing waves. Mightier than the noise of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, Yahweh on high is mighty. Your testimonies are very faithful. Your house is adorned with holiness, O Yahweh, forever. That's Psalm 93. What is the worldview of this prayer song? Think about it a minute. It is certainly centered on Yahweh. His name is repeated five times in this short psalm. 
it is also centered on this fact that he reigns. The very first statement at the head. But what does that mean? The fact that Yahweh reigns means that he's in control. And he didn't recently wrestle control from another. He is everlasting. And he created the world. Ancient people, and not just the Hebrews, were fascinated with the forces of nature. Now, water is essential to life. Early civilization developed on great rivers where there was a steady supply of fresh water, like the Nile in Egypt or the Tigris and Euphrates rivers of Mesopotamia. Living on the coast was a little more risky. You can't drink seawater, for one thing, and the sea can sometimes get angry, whether it's storms or cyclones or such. Ancient people told stories or myths about their origins, and the waters of chaos usually play a large role in their stories about how the world came about. Whether the waters of the sea or of the great rivers, they usually worshipped these as gods in their own right. So the Egyptians worshipped the Nile as a god, just as the ancient Babylonians worshipped the river as a god. So in verse 3 of this psalm, where it uses the word waters three times, the actual word in the Hebrew is rivers, the rivers. Scholars debate what that is actually referring to, whether it's talking about the great rivers of the world or the rivers of the sea, in other words, the currents. But the language, unmistakably, is meant to proclaim that Yahweh is reigning even over them. So verses 3 and 4 again. The waters have lifted up Yahweh. The waters have lifted up their voice. The waters have lifted up their crashing waves. Mightier than the noise of many waters. Mightier than the waves of the sea. Yahweh on high is mighty. The poetry is just is powerful and just builds and builds to that climax. This psalm is saying God is in control, even over the chaotic forces of nature that make mankind seem small in comparison. If you've ever stood at the ocean shore, especially when the waves were up and it was they were really powerful, they came crashing in, you know what I'm talking about. You know the feeling of your own smallness in the face of this great force of nature. In fact, this psalm is stating a truth that Yahweh is supreme over rival gods of the nations around Israel. Finally, verse 5, it says, Your testimonies are very faithful. Your house is adorned with holiness, O Yahweh, forever. That seems kind of like an abrupt shift. But if you remember what we saw in Psalm 19, now, that takes us all the way back to season one of First 15. And so, if you're not quite sure what I'm talking about, you can go back and listen to that episode. But Psalm 19 balances the praise of God in creation, comparing him to the sun in the first several verses. It balances that with praising God's word or his law, which it just goes into in the last seven verses or so of Psalm 19, well, Psalm 93 does the exact same thing, but in a much shorter space, 
praising God for his mighty place over creation, but also for revealing himself through his word or his law. They are true. They're trustworthy. His words, his laws. We'll have more to say about this when we look at Psalm 119 later. The final truth of this psalm that it states is that holiness adorns God's house or sanctuary. Now, ancient gods were often pictured as humans living large, having drunken feasts and indulging in free sex. They were not noted for their holiness. But Yahweh is holy and pure. And while he gives us many earthly blessings to enjoy, including wine and sex, according to the Bible, he lifts our gaze to see he is much more than just Santa Claus giving us these blessings. And we are much more than just hedonist. We were created to bear his image in holiness. Yahweh reigns. He created the world. He is majestic and powerful, and he is holy as well. Everything else flows from these basic truths. God has revealed himself. Let's respond in prayer. God, you reign. Majesty and strength are yours. You created the world and us as well. All creation, all forces of nature bow to you. You have spoken truthfully and your word is faithful. You are holy. We worship and thank you. Amen. We said at the beginning that your answer to the question, who is in control, really shapes the way you see the world, yourself, and the people around you. How you live your daily life is your personal answer to that question. We've seen from this psalm, God is in control. Now the question is, how are you going to give an answer to him about how you lived your life? Today, put him at the center. Because he is holy, be holy in all your ways. Because he loves us, love those around you, family and neighbor and stranger, yes, even your enemies. We worship God through our daily choices. So reflect on your choices today. Today's episode is brought to you by the support of our followers. You can support this ministry through our Patreon link or through purchasing the book, God Help Me Grow, Learning to Pray Through the Psalms on Amazon. Yahweh reigns. There is no one like God. Mighty and holy is his name.